You look beautiful, I was gonna tell you. Well, good afternoon, everybody. And um, my name's Julie Hepburn, I'm from Schroders and welcome to the fifth podcast in this series from the Diversity Project um, and from the Gender Work Stream, where we explore a whole range of themes and consider how we can encourage women in particular to join our industry. However, everybody's welcome. Over the last few months, we've looked at celebrating our differences um, in a number of different ways. And we've considered topics such as how to be yourself at work. What does this actually mean? You know, is there a stereotypical female within financial services and asset management? And if so, can we be different and accepted? Um, so for anybody looking to join our industry, considering it as a career opportunity, but maybe concerned about fitting in, then can we help a bit today? Um, and for anybody who's interested in the previous podcasts, they're all available on the Diversity Project website and also on Spotify. So this week we continue on the theme of being a bit different and the importance for the industry to continue on a journey towards achieving a more diverse workplace. So how can we drive change and, and why would we like you to be part of this? So as usual, um, I'm joined by, by two women at very different stages of their career to talk through this with me. Um, um, as previous podcasts, I'm joined by somebody who works in the industry and somebody who's considering a career in financial services. So I always talk about 30 minutes, two great guests and one really interesting topic. So who's in the virtual studio with me today? Now, normally I do a bit of an introduction and I thought this month I would mix up a bit and I'm gonna start by asking the two guests to introduce themselves talk a little bit about their personal journey to date. So I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by, first of all, by Nikki Tate from Mercers. Nikki, welcome. Um, do you want to start off by telling us a bit about your, your background and your journey? Uh, yes, yeah, sure. Happy to. Um, so uh, I'm... Um, uh, I thought, it, it, can you hear me? So normally it highlights me when I speak and it's not. So sorry for being yeah. confused. Um, okay, okay, so I, my, my name is Nikki and I'm head of growth uh, for uh, Mercer Wealth in the UK uh, on an interim basis. Um, I, uh, as you can probably hear from the voice, I used to be a boy, but I'm okay now, um, which means I'm trans for those of you that kind of uh, slow to catch up. Um, I, uh, I've been a sales coach for... 30 years, I have my own business, which is called uh, Vinces. And what we do is we help organizations um, win and get into growth. And I've been um, on an interim contract with Mercer for the last uh, two years. It was supposed to be an 18 month contract, but it it feels like I may end up here permanently because we're having so much fun. Um, I guess the, uh, the most important thing uh, is I have a personal brand. If anybody's remotely interested, um, I am the corporate drag queen. Um, if you Google corporate drag queen, I'm every photo, every video, uh, every line on Google um, uh, and drag, D-R-A-G, which obviously stands for dressed as girl, as opposed to the opposite, which dressed as boy, which is so drab, I'm never doing it again. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, for me, drag stands for drive, rapid, accountable growth. And so that's what I do. I come into organizations and I help them figure out how do they, how do they morph their businesses into a more customer friendly um, way so that they um, drive growth. That's me in a nutshell. Fantastic. Um, I love that. Thank you very much. I, I love the drag and the drab. Amazing. Thank you so much. Um, Tony, welcome. Could you give us a little bit about your background as well um, and, and where you are in your journey in financial services? 
Thank you. Um, my name is Tony, and from my accent, you can tell that I am not from the UK. I'm actually from Barbados, which is a small country in the Caribbean. And uh, before coming to the UK, I was in entrepreneurship, and I would consult to public and private sector entities in the area of marketing. Um, I decided to come to Cambridge to do my MBA because I for the, for the lack of a better term, I felt as if I was a barracuda in a swimming pool. The Caribbean is very small, it's fragmented, and it's hard to, to really do business on a long-term basis there. And I wanted to really delve into some kind of international business arena. So I came here um, and I was exposed to a lot that I didn't know before. I'm doing the MBA finance concentration. And I started to get my feet wet with investment management, asset management. And it's something that I definitely want to do as I complete my, my program within the next 10 days. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Great introduction. So, so certainly we've got, um, we've got some great guests today and I, I'm going to go back to Nikki because, um, you know, Nikki, clearly you're, you're already in financial services. Um, and, and it sounds like you obviously you didn't start in financial services, um, but you've made a, a journey through um, different organisations and, and, and lots of stages in your career. Um, well, from, from your perspective, you know, where, where do you think we are with diversity in the industry? And, and, and maybe you could share some of your, your experiences as well. Um, yes, yeah, sure. So I, I'm um, like I've run my own business for 30 years um, and that business is helping big organizations um, win contracts uh, with quarterback sales. And so I've sort of had a view of every industry there is. I've, I've literally mm. sold everything construction it outsourcing like you you name it and we've I, we've worked all over the world as well until i took this contract from mercer um the longest i had been on one time zone um uh was six weeks and then wow. always off somewhere else so uh, so i have a quite a i think i have quite a broad view both culturally and uh, geographically and uh, industry around you know the cultures of workplaces um, and so I thought it was quite interesting when we were talking the other day and you said that you know you've been in the industry for you know, too long, long. <laughs> um, and that you've seen great strides and great changes and that the world the the, the the investment management business is more diverse now than it ever has been so I don't I don't want to take away from that with my observation mm. my observation is it's still got a long way to go <laughs> like it's very very stale male pale um and and a lot of the people that i meet um in the industry uh seem to live in a very uh homogenous bubble like um i i also have a career as a stand-up comic and and i'll, I'll tell you a little story about i, I went to give a, um, a comedy routine at a friend's birthday in Wiltshire um, at a golf club. And of course it was a 50th birthday and I, I walked in and the whole room was, they were all straight. They were all couples. They all played golf. They were all white. They were all kind of, and I had to explain, I had to define LGBT to them because, mm. you know, when I delivered my first joke about LGBT. There's this blank look like these people don't know anybody that doesn't look like them. Their kids go to the same school. They all go to the same church. They all go to the same golf club. They do the same things. They go to the same restaurants and you know, the same debates. Like it's all massively homogeneous. Um, so for the avoidance of doubt, like L 
stands for lesbian, that's girls that like girls. G stands for gay, that's boys that like boys. B stands for bi, that's those who haven't made their mind up. And T stands for fabulous. Remember that, please. T is fabulous. Um, uh, which didn't get a laugh there because I think they were just, that's why I had to explain what it really was. Like, oh, yeah. So you really don't know anybody like me, do you? Um, yeah. So I think my, my observation about the industry is it is it, it does feel like it is, you know, stuck in the last millennium. Um, and I, I think the thing that I think most concerns me is I keep having repeated conversations where um, uh, women's groups tell me that the problem we've got is that our middle tier female management, because we have, you know, a, a, we have a lack of female talent in the, in the senior levels, uh, which may just be, you know, it's going to grow out. Like we'll get there eventually. Yeah. Or, you know, mature, but then they keep having this conversation where people say the reason is that um, uh, our women are not assertive enough and they don't self-promote enough, and that you know what we need to do is to provide a certain assertiveness mm. training to our, our middle management females, and I, I object to it quite strongly because uh, I think we're looking at the problem the wrong way. Like it's not that we need to change women to make them more like men. It's that we need to change organizations so that we need less people to be assertive. Like if we could rechange the way we think about what it means to be a team player, what it means to be a successful manager, what we would find, like the rest of the world is finding the solid data to show that women are better managers and they're better managers because they don't self-promote. They aren't assertive. They're not at the front going, looking at me. They're at the back making sure the team are okay and the team are doing the job. So I think what, what's interesting is if we're going to change it, we have to we have to change the organisations and the organisations need for people um, uh, to be more diverse, rather than try and change the people in organisations. Yeah, that, you've raised so many points there. Actually, can can I just start with a quick question? Also, you've you've seen huge and number of different types of industries, as you mentioned. Do you think there's any that are good at it in terms of really embracing this? Um, so, uh, top of the list would be the medical profession. Um, oh, okay. uh, you know, I think um, particularly in gender diversity, I think, uh, and, and I think if you look classically at the caring professions, because hmm. they 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 almost automatically have fifty fifty. Yeah. gender balance anyway that they tend to be much more um collaborative and much more coercive yeah. and much more kind of uh, female friendly there is uh, there are some like the construction industry is clearly worse like it's a, it's a male dominated world like if your yeah. carrier breaks up and down ladders then you know physical strength is important and so tends to be a bit butch um, and obviously anything that requires stem it kind of is is kind of lagging behind because of the way we you know promote those subjects in schools and stuff so i think it's a mix man. it's a, it, you know it's a it's a mixture across the across the yeah, yeah. um i think uh you know i think this industry maybe maybe broaden it to the financial services like yeah. it it feels like it's not bad, but it's not great. And like yeah. it, particularly no, I, from a gender diversity point of view. But the real issue for me uh, is probably not around gender. It's probably more around race. Like the number of non-white faces that I see in the city are few and far between. And yeah. um, and and some of that is it, some of that might also be hampered by the fact that the clients. Are also homogeneous. Like what we, you know, we're classically selling to 
uh, middle-aged straight white men have got more money and we're not selling to you know yeah, yeah. Uh, the kids in the east end of london like we're selling to people in wiltshire in the golf club yeah yeah and that's about everything becoming more diverse isn't it which is a real it, you mentioned um obviously this is not just about gender it's about race and tony i'm going to come to you and what, what's yeah. some of your thoughts as somebody you thinking about coming into this industry we're we're being really honest and having actually challenging conversations here because we're on a journey as, as nikki said and, and has recognized that um but but as somebody who's thinking about joining our industry how does that how does that all make you feel thanks for asking um I, I do have a family member that says to me all the time, you should have done your MBA five, six years ago. And I always believe everything happens for a reason. Um, I have a, a really tough back, but I, I do believe from my observation and from talking to persons within the, within the industry, I think this is the best time that I could have done the MBA. Uh, I was, I was, I was doing some research on diversity project. You guys are celebrating five years um, at this point this year. You know, you have things like, I'm here because of 100 Black interns. Uh, I don't think five, seven years ago, there were these things. And, and if we're honest, I think after George Floyd, we had a whole set of organizations realize, listen, you know, this is a problem. Racial diversity is, is definitely a problem. So I am, I am confident and I'm optimistic. I'm also very aware, however, uh, that there isn't much diversity. And um, I, 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 I am I'm going head first into it. And I, I do believe I, I heard someone with the same Black 100 Black interns say, lift as you climb. And if I can get my foot at the door, I, as I climb, I will also lift persons. So I, I do believe, yes, but probably five years ago, it was a lot worse. I don't think that is perfect now, but I, I do believe that it's important for persons to get through the door and to, as I said before, lift as they climb. Yeah. Okay. Nikki, would you, would you share that optimism as well in terms of, um, you know, we, we are where we are at the moment and, um, you know, the fact that we are... Um, broadening our reach or we think we're broadening our reach do, do you think that um yeah. do you think we, we should be optimistic about the future um uh yes i think i um i think my my organization is probably a good litmus test i mean mercer is the largest investment manager globally mm -hmm. uh, in the uk yeah we have as a wealth business we have revenues of 700 million we employ uh, two and a half thousand people in the uk um it we're very you know the image of um mercer is as a very kind of staid stalwart dependable you know cornerstone of the financial sector and yeah. uh, and here we are in 2021 they hired a trans woman to come in and shake things up a bit and um, yeah. that is a pretty bold pretty you know like i think clearly i'm I, clearly i have a, a, a you know positive view of this i think it's a very smart thing yeah. for them to do clearly but uh, yeah. even if i was utterly incompetent uh which yeah. I think I would have been that quicker if I was. But e even if I was completely incompetent, the message this sends to to everybody in the 
in the company first is really important. We, we ran a conference, um, internal conference, uh, this time or September, or September we, and we had uh, 2,000 people attend a conference. And at the end of it, we've got a whole wave of emails, but one in particular sticks out in my mind um, of a, um, a young um so you have somebody in their 20s who, who's joined the business two to three years ago, uh, sent an email to myself and, and my boss, Benoit Udon, who's the, the um, chief executive of Wealth in the UK, saying um, that seeing me on the leadership team uh, gives them hope that one day they'll be able to come to the business as themselves. Um, you know, if we can inspire one person to be themselves at work because they're letting me be myself at work then maybe that can spread and i think as 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 we start to do more you know the cut the company's got comfortable with the idea of me you know speaking on behalf of the company um benoit said to me the other day like if we have a customer that is uncomfortable with you maybe we don't need them as a customer and i think those little you know, the, those seem like little things, but actually I think they're huge steps in the right direction. Um, so yes, I think there's lots of lots of reason to be optimistic. Um, and, um, you know, the industry will be very different in 10 years. Yeah. I often make a prediction when I'm, when I'm you know, helping people with their growth strategies. Um, you're like, if your board is all straight, white, uh, you're dead in 10 years. And if it's all straight white male, you're dead in five. So this is not a nice to have. It's not a moral imperative. We shouldn't be doing this because it's the right thing. Yes, Black Lives Matter, but that's not the point. The point is you're an organization. is a chicken with its head cut off. It's running around the courtyard. It just doesn't know it's dead yet. <laughs> if you look at your management team and it all plays golf at the same club, you're dead. Yeah. Yeah. Some fantastic points there. Um, you know, completely agree. And um, um, to- Tony, um, what what about you on this? We we spoke and we had a little bit of prep call, which I you know I really enjoyed learning about about both of you, obviously. And um, but we spoke particularly about some of the um the perceptions and the preconceptions and maybe the biases, and we can come on to this. But but you know, you talked about things like your nationality and even just your accent as maybe would that cause a problem or a challenge for you? Yeah, so I I obviously taught different um, and I am always very cognizant of, well, I've been taught by my parents to speak standard English. That's what we speak in Barbados. I mean, we have a dialect, but I I, I recall having a conversation with a friend of mine, a black Nigerian, and um, he said to me, and he's also in my class, he said, you know, I think, I'm going to have to possibly do a name change or uh, work on work on my accent, and and these are things that persons I I necessarily don't don't feel that way, but these are things that people think may may work against them. I can tell you, coming from the Caribbean, people make certain assumptions. People always assume because it's an island, you know, people come there for vacation. We are known for sun, sea, and sand. People always assume that I'm going to be late for 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 meetings, for zooms. Uh, it's just those very nuanced things that that persons always assume. Um, they always they also assume that if I'm in a position that makes me uncomfortable, the first thing that I will do is to the stereotype of the angry black woman, and um, that's not my personality. But people do make those assumptions. Um, 
you do have hurtful comments um, that people would say or people would would assume, but I do believe that you have to fight against that, and it it, ha- it comes with your upbringing. I enter every room as myself. I mean, last night we the MBAs booked out a, a a restaurant. It was three floors, and it was only later in the night that I realized I'm the only I'm one of three black people in here, you know, uh, but that's not the situation that everybody has. Everybody doesn't have parents that would say, you know, turn up into the room as yourself. So what do we do? How do we, you know, not lower the standards, but widen the net to, to, to hone those persons and to really not just mentor them, but, but sponsor them. So those are things that you have to, you have new experience, but you have to fight against it. And I, and I believe hard work is, is, is a, is a good way to do it, but you you can do it on your own. Sure. Nikki, what about yourself in terms of assumptions that um, people might have made about you and, and maybe problems or challenges that caused you in your, in your career? Um, well, well, the first assumption people make um, is that uh, cross-dressing, like transitioning, is a, is a kink. Um, and it's it's sort of understandable how why people come to that. And I'll give you some stats, and this might be an inappropriate subject for you know the boardroom, but I think it's important. Um, uh, trans people represent 0.3 of the population. Trans women, little over half of that. So you know, call it 0.15. That means you need a room full of 600 people to find mm. a woman. Well, here's an interesting stat for you. The the single biggest kink in heterosexual couples is BDSM, Fifty Shades of Grey kind of thing. The second biggest is gender bending. And the stats are in heterosexual couples, um, 69% of men and 59% of women have fantasized about some kind of gender swapping in the bedroom. Well, what that means is when I walk into that room of 600 people, mm. 400 of them look at me and see me representing their sexual kink. I've had somebody tell me in a professional setting, you shouldn't present as female at work. That's something you do in the bedroom. Well, okay. Like okay. just because this is your kink doesn't mean it's mine. Like <laughs> I I, this isn't a fetish. Like, no. <laughs> fetish then, you know, I, I, I wouldn't, you know, be spending three and a half thousand pounds on the Bouton bags. I promise you. Well, maybe that is a fetish. I haven't said anyway, <laughs> point is, uh, The point is there is this tacit assumption that, um, that that I'm kinky um, and I get fetishized all the time. Uh, I get um, things happen to me that don't happen to cis women um, uh, or too often, I guess. I mean, only last week, some guy on the DLR um, at five o'clock in the evening handed me his business card and told me he would be prepared to pay for a night with me. And it's like, you know, I'm on my commute to work. Like, the, the barrier of what's acceptable to trans women is lower, which is why I, I always tell people um, how people treat me isn't a reflection on what they think of trans. How people treat me is a reflection on what they think of femininity. Like mm. they're, they're doing and saying things to me that they think are not acceptable to say to a cis woman, but they can get away with me because clearly it's my fetish and clearly I'll be kind of interested in it. They just think it when they see you they just say it when they see me and so i think those assumptions about about it are you you, i have to 
be guarded against it. There were little things like, you know, I used to think nothing is sitting in the front of an Uber. Now I've had my leg grope so often, I, like every other woman I know, sit in the back. The difference is you'll sit in the back without really understanding. The reason you sit in the back is because you feel a bit safer. Like, like every woman I know, when I walk down the street, I now cross the street to be in the light. I know why I'm doing it. Lots of my girlfriends have no idea why they cross the street to be in the light. They just do it because they feel a bit safer. Well, I do it because last time I walked down a dark street, I got attacked by some guy in New York. And if I'd been on the other side of the street in the light, I wouldn't have been attacked. So these things are, you know, they're there. Like these prejudices are there, the people's behaviors are there. They just have learned to hide them. It doesn't yeah. stop thinking it and yeah. it. Um, so I I think you know, we're a litmus test for what society really thinks about women. And and in the workplace, then is it is it about um better education as well, as well as the, the can we can we have a more diverse workforce and, and can we bring people in that can help with that, which is the purpose of today is encouraging uh, uh, diversity okay. and women to join us. Um, I, I think the most important thing, actually, I have a little analogy for diversity and inclusion, right? So diversity is um, having all of the ingredients in your fridge to make chicken curry. Like you get the chicken, you've got the potatoes, you've got the potato, the, the tomatoes, you've got the spice, you've got the salt, you've got the stock, you've got everything you need to make a really, really good chicken curry. Inclusion is inviting Gordon Ramsay around to come and put it together for you. Right? And the really interesting thing about the analogy is the smallest ingredient in that recipe is the salt. But if you don't put salt in your chicken curry, it tastes rubbish. Like really, really good chicken curry has lots of chicken in it, but it has enough salt to make the chicken taste amazing, right? And that's inclusion, right? Inclusion is that it's, it's having the small little bits. And so okay. we, we're really good at getting the right people around the table, but then we get, you know, straight, straight white man walking in, doing all the talking, making all the decisions and walking out, patting themselves on the back going, oh, that was very diverse. <laughs> good meeting guys. Uh, no, you didn't shut up long enough to hear other people's opinion. So one of the things we've got to do is to get, people who are not diverse to recognize their role is to shut up and listen. And, you know, my, my role as a senior manager often is to come in and tell those people in a very polite, nice way, yeah. shut up. Let's hear what Tony's got to say. Absolutely. As the most junior, most kind of interesting person in the room. And then we'll hear the people who have been doing it the same way for 25 years to see if there's anything we can learn but and then you know my moth and my mantra is that's okay it's what you do the things you've always done you get the results you always get and like the industry is not going to grow and not going to thrive if we keep doing the same stuff over and over again and so experience and doing it the same way as we did it 25 years ago and this is what we used to do isn't interesting anymore what's interesting is bringing people like tony in absolutely and listening to her yeah so on that we've got we've got a couple of minutes to go these podcasts always go far too quickly i'm sure we should make them an hour because um, there's i'm sure we could do a whole other half hour session but just before we close off let, let's 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 take uh, nikki's advice and um, tony um what, what 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 would you like to say let's hear your voice um as we close what would be some of your messages my message would would really be and i, I think i said it before which is widening that um, there's so many people that 
you would be great in your organization that you possibly haven't thought of because you haven't been exposed to them. And to go to Nikki's point, if you socialize at the same places, if you, you know, go to school at the same place, you're not going to automatically think of diversity. You're not going to think of someone that's that's totally different. And sometimes we need to nurture some of those skills that, you know, it's like a diamond in the rough, you know, um, we need to nurture those and, 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 see, and be able to see those to be able to make them a benefit to, to the organization. So don't lower your standards, but definitely widen the net because I can tell you, if Cambridge MBA didn't um, widen their net, I won't be here. Uh, I am a, I'm on two scholarships here to the UK. And if they didn't see it fit to widen their net and to have somebody like me join the school, I think I'm the first um, woman from the Caribbean to do the MBA. If they didn't do that in 2020, I wouldn't be here talking to you right now. So if everybody takes a step to widen the net, but not lower your standards and look at people who may be different and have something great to contribute, I think that the industry would be a lot better off as Nikki said in five years. That's a great message to to end on. Thanks, Tony. Really appreciate that. Um, And and congratulations on on your achievements as well. Um, Nikki, Nikki, just before we close, um, what would be your last, uh, your key message to people listening to this today? Um, well, so I, I think my, my key message to everybody really is um, you only have one life. So live it. And that means I think every single day, wake up in the morning, make sure that you're having fun. Make sure you're doing something interesting. Make sure you're doing something with a purpose and mm-hmm. keep yourself safe. Like you've got one life, make the most of it. Tomorrow is not promised. Oh, amazing. Um, thank you so much for um, taking part in this podcast with me today. I've, I've just so enjoyed speaking with you and, and also um, like learning. Um, uh, you know, I, these podcasts for me, I, you know, I, I learn as much as the, um, the guests that listen in. Um, but it's, it's really great to explore um, where we are as an industry and and to hope that we're on a journey and, and one that supports a diverse range of, of people and, and also of women. Um, thanks to everybody for listening in. Um, no matter what your role is in the industry or if you're thinking about joining the industry, how can we continue to support and, and drive positive change? Um, and if you are thinking about joining our industry, then we'll continue to look at how we can move the diversity agenda forward and ensure that we remain and, and are more inclusive. Um, I don't think it will be perfect overnight, but um, for anybody listening in and thinking about joining us as a peer, then you know, please think carefully, come on board, because without you, um, we can't continue to make a difference and, um, and we welcome everybody. So with that in mind, um, I really hope you all enjoy uh, the holiday weekend. Do join us again on the 25th of June for the next in this series, and our topic will be uh, women and technology. So thank you again to our guests and um, have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Uh, Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.